The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, offering support for your spiritual growth and addiction recovery. Here's Reverend Dan Beckett. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery podcast. We're glad you're with us today. I'm Reverend Dan Beckett here with co-host Reverend Michelle Vargas. Together, we share ways that spirituality and addiction recovery intertwine and work together to support your spiritual growth in your own recovery journey. We're basically a couple of recovery nerds and ordained unity ministers sharing our experience, strength, and hope on this spiritual journey of addiction recovery. We hope that something you hear today will be helpful to you on your own recovery journey. We invite your questions, comments, wisdom, and feedback anytime. <clears throat> Just send an email to spiritofrecoveryunity at gmail.com. Facebook users, you can message us from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Just click the send message button right below the banner. And please help us carry the message by following and subscribing to Spirit of Recovery on your favorite podcast platform. You can also support our ministry through our Patreon page, which can be found at patreon.com slash spirit of recovery. Today's episode is titled A New Way to Be. As we grow through our addiction recovery journey, We often come face to face with old habits that are hard to break. Fortunately, once we're a few steps down the recovery path, we become willing to make new choices that support our new and much better way of living. Today, we want to share our experience, strength, and hope on letting go of old habits and opening the door to a whole new way of being. Ah, well... I was thinking about this, what my old habit, you know, I, okay. I think I am constantly in a state of trying to let go of old habits. Like this doesn't end, right? Yeah, it's not right. like, oh, got rid of them all. Now I'm good. I mean, there's habits that, you know, we're in Lent right now. And there are habits that I am working on letting go of during even this Lent period, you know? Um, so there's always things that, um, we find are not working for us anymore and we want to let go of. And um, usually for me, I don't often, you know, just like out of the blue go, oh, I want to let go of this bad habit. It has to be reaping some painful 
results in my life for me to want to let go of it, right? Pain has typically been my motivator Yes. Um, over the years, especially, especially in the beginning, but still to this day, you know, things, I realize that things aren't working because I'm uncomfortable, you know, um, I'm in pain, I'm unhappy, you know, and so that's when I see that, that there needs to be a change. You know, in my early recovery, well, okay, let's say when I first got into recovery, um, I mostly thought that uh, the other, okay, I originally thought that my problem was that I dated alcoholics. (laughs) (laughs) We can laugh about that now, right? It seemed legit at the time. No, I'm I'm sure it did. And I I mean, in my defense, that that was part of my problem. Right. That was the outside layer well well because i a lot i mean there's that too but also that so many of us have comorbid or co-occurring um what do you call it codependence and our own alcoholism oh right yeah happening at the same time right so so that was part of my problem but um you know that was not all of the problem and i found you know that when i when i removed the alcohol from the situation that I had, all of my other stuff was still there. <laughs> Darn right. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it was sort of like taking the um, inflammatory substance off of it. It was like, it was like I had this whole pile of stuff and I was just pouring inflammatory, you know, what do you call it? You know, like lighter pouring fluid gas on, on it. The fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, getting sober meant that I stopped pouring this gas, this, you know, flammable um, substance onto the pile of stuff, but the pile of stuff was still there. Yes. It just wasn't on fire. <laughs> <laughs> right. As much. It was just smoldering still. <laughs> So that was just my experience was that there was still a lot of stuff, but, you know, removing the alcohol was and always is, I believe, the first step. Oh, yeah. Nothing else can be done. Over and over again. And stories from my, you know, grizzled old timer sponsor talk about Mm -hmm. how it fired sponsees. If they weren't ready to quit, stop wasting my time. Was kind of his point of view. You got to put what do we say? Put the plug in the jug. jug. That's thing one. If you can't, if you're not ready to do that, you know the step work doesn't mean anything until till I've done that. I should personalize it. Absolutely. Yeah, because you're on fire. Right. (laughs) Stop pouring lighter fluid on the fire on the stuff. Exactly. Right. It's not going to go out until we stop adding the fuel. Right. Yeah, I had a. Years ago, a friend in recovery said something that always stuck with me. I love this. And it's that I deal with my addictions in the order in which they'll kill me fastest. Yes, and I remember I think hearing that, that too. That applies to old habits. It's like, well, how bad are they? Let me let me deal with the ones that have the worst consequences in my life mm-hmm. first. Yes. You know, um, if I'm if if I don't if I keep my bedroom messy and my clothes are all over the floor, that's not as bad as I'm drinking a fifth of tequila every day. Right. right, right. They're both bad habits. Yes. But uh, one of them ranks above the other one. And for me, it was, you know, alcohol. And then uh, I guess, you know, you mentioned that 
most of us, I don't know if you said it this way, but my experience and what I've heard is most of us who have like a chemical addiction also have some degree of codependence going on. Yes. Now it might not be the number one thing, but when we start to deal with, uh, when I start to deal with my chemical addiction, then it can begin to show up. I actually think for me, it might have been the number one thing. Oh, right. Sure. Right. You know what I mean? But you still had to get the yeah, alcohol. Yeah, but still had to be sober first. Yeah. In order to be able to see what was, what was going on. Yeah. Right. And so then it was uh, nicotine, tobacco. Yes. I actually, I actually started smoking again after eight years of having quit smoking. I started again when I got sober, which yeah, sounded crazy to me when I'd heard that about other people here or there. I'm like, why? That's so stupid. Why would you do that? Uh, but then because you're really, trying to stay sober. Right. Exactly. Nothing else matters. Right. I yeah. can play all the video games I want. I can eat all the M&Ms that I want. Nothing else matters mm -hmm. except it, did I, if I did if I did not put alcohol in my body that day i win 100 yeah. a plus for yes. the day it doesn't matter what else is going on then as we get further down the road of course as we're talking about we can deal with these sort of layers of yeah. old habits and so i you know i got around to quitting smoking it took eight years yeah. of sobriety till i well, was willing to let it go i just takes what it takes yeah it's it's not time till it's time probably the 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 sweetest advice I got from a spiritual mentor uh, was you'll quit when you're ready, like no mm -hmm. judgment at all. And mm -hmm. I really took that to heart because it's absolutely true. Resisting my smoking was probably the thing that kept me smoking longer more than anything else. And the learning how to stop resisting it while still doing it, mm. that was the hard, I, that was hard yeah. because obviously this is not a good idea, right? I could say the same about my drinking. I know this isn't a good idea, but I've got to, you know, if I tell myself, oh man, this sucks. I got to quit, da, 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 da. I'm resisting, resisting, resisting. And that tends in me at least to keep things locked in place well and let's face it cigarettes are incredibly addictive i mean they that's probably harder to quit than alcohol i've heard ways. that from heroin addicts that kicking heroin was easier than cigarettes wow yeah you know i just want to say something about this because i don't know if we might have newcomers listening to us and we certainly are not like encouraging you to keep up your addictions or anything right but, everyone should but, start smoking right no but you know what <laughs> i had a therapist in early sobriety that wanted me to get off of everything she wanted me to quit coffee and everything now this clearly was not a person that no. had any expertise in addiction because that is bad i was bad gonna advice. say i was gonna say that is bad, bad advice. advice you know and um you know i don't want to say like oh we need to have something but you know those of us that are really addictive personalities we do need to have something i mean you one know? thing at a time come on well and like you said you know put it in perspective you know i always tell people now when they even try to you know mention quitting coffee i'm like excuse me i gave up <laughs> cigarettes and alcohol i am not giving up coffee right that's next my thing. that's my thing and so what you know my feeling is like, if you can drive and it doesn't impair you, I, I, this whole like caffeine's a drug. Oh, come on. Yeah, I mean, coffee's I, ruining your marriage. Yeah, <laughs> I'm allowed to drive so. a car while drinking it. So I'm thinking it's not, you know, the same. It's not a mind altering 
it's a stimulant, sure, but let's not class it in the same. People that try to throw it into the same group as alcohol and drugs are not alcoholics. <laughs> they're not drug addicts. They don't know what and the also, they're talking about. And also, I mean... Also, fair enough. If you ever got to the place where you felt like it was coming to the top for you, fine. You'll deal with it then. Yeah, but that's not going to ever happen, to, but I know what right. you're talking about <laughs> on a conceptual there, there level. There may be some people that did get to that place yes. and, you know, yeah. don't so, know the true meaning of love when we're talking about coffee. I mean, like come on. I They're do, just wimps. They're wimps. <laughs> I'm, of course, they're, they're joking. The kind of people that order blonde coffee in Starbucks. Right. <laughs> you're welcome to quit drinking coffee it's okay with us no so my point that i'm making is don't it's not advisable i feel it's not advisable to try to quit too many things too fast in early sobriety i agree and like become a vegan and like only drink herbal tea and you know it's too much it's it's um it's a setup for failure yes exactly so we want to set ourselves up for success yeah focus you know? on the one thing at the top of the list and if you're listening and it's alcohol or it's opiates or whatever that's your one thing the only thing that matters is that yes Keep, do the other stuff if you're talking about like for me sugar cigarettes and and uh you know cigars and tobacco stuff um uh, coffee hasn't even occurred to me that it might be on my <laughs> I don't drink I love coffee but I don't drink that much of it to to where it's causing me trouble I could though <laughs> if I tried I bet you I could <laughs> I can and I, I do and trouble. I have since I was like 15 years old and it is it's it's more caffeine than blood running through my veins but I'm I'm okay with that right. because I've stayed sober all these years and I didn't ever pick up cigarettes again and had I tried to give up too much stuff it might have taken me out Oh um, yeah absolutely you know? that can happen I I'm t I totally agree that when we get in, I'll generalize. When I got into a recovery <clears throat> program, I had to focus on the one and only that yeah. anything else would derail me. Yeah. Because that was hard enough. Right. I mean, you know, the idea is that we don't want to be dependent on outside things, right? And so we want to, we want to add in tools that help us when we're So most of us pick up our substance of choice when we're uncomfortable, right? something doesn't feel good, we want to have a drink, or something doesn't feel good, I want to smoke, you know. And so the more that we can add in other tools, you know, like, okay, I'm going to go take a walk instead, or I'm going to work out, or I'm going to meditate, or whatever I'm going to do, that's great. Those things are great. But the truth is that life is hard. Life is stressful. Life can be painful. And sometimes we need things that help us get through it you know and so if we can like if we can turn to god when we're having one of those moments and not have to use a substance that's great yeah absolutely. but if we need a coffee or a cigarette or a whatever it is you know that's not the end of the world the point is is to stay sober like you said from our primary addiction the one that's going to kill us the one that's going to wreck our marriage and wreck our lives and everything oh yeah i could argue that the <clears throat> cigarettes kept me sober Yes. And it keep and keep and, and, a lot of people sober. Right. And and when the time came, I let them go. But not everybody does. And I'm not sitting here saying everybody should either. Right. I don't mean right. to say that everyone needs to quit smoking. You smoke if you want to. Yeah. Right. It's the drinking that's my number one thing. And that's that's all that mattered. 
Now, I, I don't think I'm going to pick up cigarettes again. I guess I could. I do joke with my wife when I turn 80, I'm going to start smoking again. You know, <laughs> I still love the smell of it. I like the yeah. idea of it. It still occurs to me. So yeah. not unlike alcohol, you know, it, especially early on, the idea of like, God, I wish I could have a drink. That doesn't come up for me very much anymore. But it does with like tobacco is more likely to think, oh, man, wouldn't it be great if I could just sit out back and da 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 da. But yeah. I know better. And if I yeah. do, fine. You know, I'll deal with it. It's not the end of the world, right? Exactly. Right, because it's not uh, going to put me in the ground <laughs> as quickly, right? The I'm order just laughing because we're talking about fastest. this. And my husband just handed me another coffee. <laughs> I thought he was going to give you a cigarette. As we speak, I'm getting refueled. <laughs> <laughs> hey, coffee got me through seminary. I would not have made it through seminary without coffee. There's just yeah. no way. Coffee oh, is yeah, my yeah. buddy. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. But, you know, so we're talking about releasing old habits. And so, of course, we want to release and let go of as many of our, quote unquote, bad habits. <clears throat> the reason I say that is because, you know, a lot of our bad habits, whether it's cigarettes or, you know, ways of behaviors or um, for me, I had a lot, a lot of relationship stuff. Yeah. You know, it's still not, you know, it's not all gone, but it's infinitely better. <clears throat> so we don't do these things because we're bad people. Right. We do these things to cope. These are coping mechanisms. I'm going to tell you, I can remember being in high school and having what I did not know, but I understand now was mild, you know, low grade chronic depression. Yeah. I can remember getting up in the morning depressed, not wanting to deal with life and thinking if I can just get myself dressed and into my car, I can have a cigarette on the way to school. Yep. That saved me. That's that right. got my butt ski to school. Yeah. These are coping mechanisms. These are things that help us survive. So yes, we want to release as many of them as possible as we become healthier and we find other coping mechanisms, but don't knock the thing that saved your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like someone to say, well, you're just using it as a crutch. I'm like, exactly, because my leg <laughs> is broken. Much. Yes. No, that's why I'm that's why exactly. I'm using it as a crutch because I need it because my leg is broken. Now when my leg heals, then maybe I can let the crutch go. And some of us have more, more broken bones than others. Yep. Exactly. Some of us have early childhood trauma. We we are living in a chronic state of trauma response. And you know, I believe that I was. You know, why else does it kids start picking up a drink at 13 14 years old like I was and had already been smoking and everything I mean you don't do that because you're a happy well-adjusted right you know you do that because you're in some sort of psychic pain and there's some trauma going on you know and whatever it's, it and is. it's not for anyone else to say no. how severe it is or what that experience is like nobody you know we we have to walk our own path 
Yeah. And you can't see on the outside what's going on in people's lives. Yes. You know, you right. don't have so to that. be getting the crap beat out of you by your parents to be to have been abused. There are other ways of um, being abused or, or just not, it doesn't even have to be willful abuse on the part of your parents. It could just be things that happen, divorces, you know, whatever things that happen in families, you know, could be a death of a parent or so many different things that can happen to us that cause early trauma. Um, let's say trauma for many of us, you know, yeah. So um, <clears throat> things saved our lives. They kept us alive. They were coping mechanism and we want to replace them with healthier coping mechanisms if possible, but we don't want to try to give them all up at once and set ourselves yeah. up for relapse because that's not going to be good for anybody. And the way forward I that has worked for me that I've heard from others is willingness, right? So we yes. want to talk about what does it mean to become willing? Yeah. And I'd had a sponsor even say, well, if you don't feel like you're willing, are you willing to be willing? I was going to say, that's classic. Chaining those <clears throat> together until yep. it's like, okay, I'm 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 okay. Sort of letting the door open just a tiny little crack, but I'm not yeah. walking through it. Yep. Uh, that's enough, right yep. there. Because willingness, in my experience, begins to open up uh, possibilities that really weren't there before. I used that um, in a sermon just the other day. <clears throat> oh yeah, that willing willingness and then willing to be willing and if you got to go out one more step to willing to be willing to be willing because and i use the same exact thing that you just said any amount of willingness is like cracking open the door yeah and and it for me it shows up as like a, it it was helpful for me to think of it as trying new things i'm mm -hmm. going to try something new yeah. and it could be you know i'm i'm not going to smoke before the meeting i'll smoke after the meeting i'm yeah. just trying to grasp in examples which for me is less harsh than me telling myself you can't do that anymore i'm not allowed to do that anymore that's a no. guarantee <laughs> that i'm gonna show you better like yes i am watch me so right. this you know being willing to try new things feels a lot different than you better stop doing that you can't do that anymore mm -hmm. and i found it helpful to look at it as trying new things yeah that that just that occurred something to me that that we we might um if we're trying to we're trying to let go of an old habit we might add in the new habit before we've let go of the old habit sure rather than trying to quit it and start the new one at the same time i don't know this could be helpful to someone Try, try doing the new thing that's going to replace it, even as you have not yet quit the old thing. Let me give you an example. Um, this actually, I, I'm a really weird example because I quit smoking before I got sober. But what happened was I started going to a gym and I started working out. I never told myself I was going to quit smoking. That was not even part of it. <clears throat> but I would go to the gym and work out and I would come home and have a cigarette. And I did that for who knows how long. But eventually I didn't want the cigarette anymore. But the other thing was already in place. I also did that with Diet Coke. I, um, I started I wanted to get off of Diet Coke and I started drinking green tea. And pretty soon the green tea replaced the Diet Coke. But the, the whole point of this is that because of our addictive nature, if we say like, I'm going to quit smoking or I'm going to quit coffee or I'm going to quit Diet Coke, it just triggers that thing in us that wants to cling to it even more. Yeah. So we can try to release these things gently. 
Yeah, it triggers know? resistance. And replace, 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 In replace me. it with something else, with something healthy, with something life affirming. And pretty soon you may find that you don't even need or want the old thing. Yeah. Rather than trying to white knuckle it through giving something up, which can be really hard for us. Yeah, this never worked for me. You yeah. know, one thing that's super helpful is when I realized and accepted that a lot of progress, including my experience on the addiction recovery path is, you know, two steps forward, one step back. And that's okay. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't want to get all wound up about the one step back and telling myself I failed and I can't do this and da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just because I get a little further and everything, the sky seems sunnier and then something sort of begins to creep back. I'm still making progress. I guess that's my point. I'm yes. Two steps forward, one step back is still making progress. It's perfectly fine. And yes. we can feel good about that. It's okay if I quit smoking for two days, but then I start again. Okay, yeah. I'm not ready yet. That I don't yep. have to beat myself up about it. That's no. just going to keep me in it. Yes, it is. Yeah. And like, so the, again, sticking to the main overarching things, like the main thing is we want to stay on this path. So if we have setbacks or we find things that are still really troubling us, it's all right. As long as we are still on the path, what we don't want to do is step off the path. Right. And when I say step off the path, I mean, stop going to meetings, stop, you know, participating, stop doing our spiritual practice, you know, whatever that means for you. <clears throat> we don't want to step off the path. We can have setbacks, but we're still like, there are certainly times in my life when I have been like, are you freaking kidding me? This is coming up again. Yeah. Like, and feel like I'm right back where I was, but I'm not right back where I was. That's right. We're never right back where we were. You can't no. undo growth. As long as I'm not drinking, I'm making progress. Well, and you're growing, you're growing spiritually and emotionally, and you can't undo that. You can have a setback, but you're never going all the way back Yeah, ever. I it's agree. not possible. It's not possible. This is an upward progressive trajectory. You know what I mean? And so you never lose, even if you go out, you're not going to lose the growth that you made in the time that you were on the path. So staying on the path is the most important thing and realizing that we are always growing every day that we wake up and we walk this path of recovery yeah. we are growing we are getting better absolutely <clears throat> and um things may cycle around again i mean they have for me you know like i say i've had things come up that it's like really i thought yeah. i had already dismissed this one and here it is again it's that layers of the onion thing it right? is layers and you know if i don't we have realize... done the work yet yes. it's not totally done yet that doesn't mean we didn't do it and when it comes around again, I believe that that is spirit inviting us to heal another layer. Exactly. That's why it has come around again. Yeah. You know, th these are yeah. not like one and done. This is not all or nothing. There are layers and layers and layers of um, spiritual growth and development. And it's it's our choice how much we want to grow. Yeah, you know? it's kind of an organic, natural <laughs> journey. It's not like a step. It's not like... Um... I don't have an, you know, a step ladder. Ironically, we do have 12 steps on the path, but even the steps, just because you moved from one to two doesn't mean you're done with one. No, you're never you're gonna, done. Yeah, you're, you're kind of doing all of them all the time in a way. But it's time for us to shift gears and move into what we call recovery in a nutshell. Oh and this is when we have an opportunity to sum up uh, whatever we each feel might be the most important pieces 
of all of this in our discussion today. Uh, so Reverend Michelle, in a nutshell, if someone came to you and said, how can I create a life that's light and easy rather than heavy and difficult? What might you say? Well, so I'm going to veer off a little bit because I feel like we haven't really talked that much about God today. And <clears throat> my answer to this question would be to practice the first three steps to come to believe in a higher power, to turn your will and your life over to that higher power, and to begin to walk this path of life in tandem with this infinitely loving presence that I choose to call God. You can call it whatever you want. Um, that is what is going to make your life lighter and easier. And Dan is going to give us his favorite scripture that explains that. What is that scripture about my yoke is? I am. I don't see it in my notes. Oh, I do love that one though. Thank you for the yeah, reminder. Yeah, yeah. yeah I because it's that it one really, back out. It yes. um my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Yeah, cast your troubles on me or something. Live the I Jesus mean, way. Yes. Yeah, so so living our lives in partnership with our higher power to yeah. me, in my opinion, is the way to have a life that is lighter and easier. Yeah. Um, because we don't have to do it all on our own, and we are infinitely loved by this one power and one presence, as we say in unity, and it is what makes our life easier. Yeah, for me, that not having to do it all alone was the key. That was sort of the turning point, and I expand that in my in my response to how can I create a life that's light and easy rather than heavy and difficult. In a sense, it's it's you know get in relation with a higher power, whatever that might look like. And then literally as simple as follow the directions mm -hmm. for me, which is get in a recovery community, mm -hmm. keep showing up, uh, get a sponsor. If you get it wrong the first time, get another sponsor, who cares, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Uh, work the steps with that person and, and just tell the truth, which I've learned from other people in the room what exactly that looks like. So, uh, you know, the program worked for me, following the directions worked for me. We each get to work it in our own way, though. Just because mm -hmm. there's 12 steps doesn't mean that um, everyone's experience is the same and everyone's path is the same. It's absolutely not. We get to experience it in our own unique way with the guidance of the spirit within us. Yeah. As we move ahead. And I would add that to support that spiritual growth and that relationship with the higher power, um, you know, we are unity ministers. So got to give the shameless plug, you know, find yourself a local unity church and yeah. see if it resonates with you. Because to me, <clears throat> I found that very early in sobriety and it was so important, you know, yeah. sobriety was the key to my finding a higher power. The unity church was my key to developing that understanding and that relationship. Yeah, um, it's and very they, and recovery they, friendly. They go, yeah, they go together really, really well. Yes, so. they do. I, I agree. And I found that to be the case. Awesome. All right. Well, our affirmation for you today is grounded in spirit. I live with honesty and integrity and I am free. I love that one, yeah. especially the end. Grounded yes. in spirit, I live with honesty and integrity, and I am free. Well, it's happened again. You've given yourself the gift of another episode of Spirit of Recovery, and we are grateful that you have. We hope you found something in all of our chitter-chatter today that you find genuinely helpful in your own journey. And we bless you wherever you may be on your own recovery journey.
Yes, we do. And as always, we invite your questions, comments, wisdom, and feedback anytime. You can find us on our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery, or you can email us at spiritofrecoveryunity at gmail.com. And please help us carry the message by following and subscribing to Spirit of Recovery on your favorite podcast platform. And you can also support our ministry through our Patreon page, patreon.com slash spiritofrecovery. Yeah, and tell a friend. Tell a friend if you find this podcast helpful. Let someone else that you think might um, benefit from it, let them know about it too. We're so glad you joined us today, and we hope you'll join us again. And until then... Here's my best advice for you. Don't drink like my co-host. That is the best (laughs) advice. And whatever you do, do not drink like my co-host. Instead, have yourself a wonder-filled week. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report, bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show, exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.